Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. We live. Um, welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora and this is my co-host Marie Wallace. Hi guys. And we join you every week here live Thursday mornings. You can find us on our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Braveheart Conversations. You can also find us for all of our previous episodes, um, either in the group or um, if you like to listen to your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, we are on all the places as well. Um, Today, we are excited to talk about grief and loss. Um, I say excited lightly because it's not a super Mm -hmm. exciting topic, but um, it's a really necessary It's a request. It is a request. So um, we really honor... Uh, and love when people share their topic requests with us. And this was one that someone requested specifically um, as a widow and that how different that experience is. Maybe say um, different than someone who's been divorced Mm -hmm. or had experienced a different kind of loss. And so today I wanna honor all the different types of loss. Uh, We all We all have different versions of it. Nobody gets to escape what I call the winter season, right? The fall and winter seasons are really natural cycles of life. And so we're going to experience some loss no matter what. Um, But um, there's a specific grief that happens when you lose someone physically. And whether that is, you know, I've had a lot of, uh, for me personally, I've had a lot of addiction experience in my past with loved ones. And so there's often that fear that will keep us entangled in relationships because there's a legitimate uh, understanding. We know that there's a risk of losing someone to their addiction. And and I've witnessed seeing that happen. And then there's just the, you know, regular life circumstances. We have people that die in accidents. My brother died in an accident. It's hard not to find someone who has experienced a loss um, in some sort of a random accident or an illness. And um, it's tough. It's tricky. It's not forever. Like, you do work through the grief, but it's a long, hard process that you don't really get to... um, you don't get to get out of it. No. The, the only way is through it. Um, so let's talk about um, the the steps through grief, how we move through it, um, and even the benefits. Because I I find that there are some benefits, even though like the winter season is not pleasant. There's really nothing that's like fun about it. It does it does clear the path for spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a reflection of everything that you've just experienced, right? In summer and harvest and like all those prior seasons, we get to reflect and celebrate as we walk through the grief of that ending season. Yeah. So Marie, what comes up for you as you think about grief and moving through that process? Um, so I went through a period not too long ago where I had 12 pretty close people to me um, about um, 
a little over two years. So it was a lot of loss in a, in a very, um, short amount of time. And it was, it was overwhelming. It was, um, one of the reasons this person requested us to talk about it was that, um, we, sometimes people don't know how to react when you've had a loss, especially when you had quite a few things happen in your loss and they don't know how to talk to you. They don't know what to say. Um, they don't know how to, um, even approach you because they either may not have had the experience in the same way that you've had or um, they don't understand the intensity as to you. Sometimes it's being honoring and and saying, you know, I'm going to give them their space. And oftentimes what happens is we really need to be included, to be more included. And so um, the specific person that asked about this was a widow and she felt marginalized because other people around her, she wasn't included in relationship talks or love talks. And um, because she had lost her person, didn't get to still experience them in the same way. So I think that those are some of the things that we get to talk about today is what do we say when someone has this loss or what do we say when someone's experiencing grief? There's a lot of grief these days with things going on in the world, um, with, uh, with the racial talks, with COVID, with... Um, school closures. I know those are big th topics that people are really learning to deal with, that things are not the same as they were before. And that, like you said, in some ways it's good, but there's still so much to deal with before we can get to that place. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I like the acknowledgement too of just what we're going through right now. Like, I think a lot of people are experiencing grief and isolation. However, that manifests for you, like, um, where we're being told to stay distant from each other, where you when know, we crave connection, right? Yeah, yeah, that's been hard, and it's been a long season of that. So um, I think that that is uh, it's normal to experience those things in grief, but it doesn't make it any easier. Um, I do really love what you touched on, which is how to how to treat someone, how to support someone who's going through grief, and that could be. Um, someone who's grieving the living or someone who's grieving a loss of life. Um, I, I find that those difficult conversations are often avoided because they're uncomfortable. So uh, for me, this, this has been in two different scenarios. So one was, you know, my brother died when he was 18. It was a young oh. loss and um, he was just in a hiking accident. It was really a fluke and very unexpected. And so people would like, oh, I don't know what to say to that. Or yeah. or they would ask, well, how did he die? And then I would tell them and it was like they realized that they misstepped is what it felt yeah. like. And um, and then they really wanted to change the topic or like how Especially do I if we show any emotion at all, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I don't know what to do with these feelings, whether it's anger or grief oh, yeah. or... Because sometimes you get really pissed off when you have a loss and and people are like, oh, I don't know what, how to deal with that. And so... Yeah. And, and I think what has been hard for me when I've experienced loss is sometimes... 
I get, uh, I, I feel put in a position that I need to cater to someone else's mm-hmm. discomfort when I'm the one grieving. So then right. it's like, oh, I, I have to like manage your emotions now because <laughs> you, Cause you don't know how to handle this. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that can be just such an awkward uh, position to be in when you're grieving. So I think just um, grief is uncomfortable no matter what, but you can tell when someone is they're willing to hang with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not, they're not trying to escape the topic. Um, but they are, they're willing to be in it with you and not try to fix it. That's mm-hmm. another big one is that, and I can totally relate. If I see a problem, I want to jump in and give you all yep. of the things you can That's do. That's what happens when we're coaches. I'm such an over-functioner, <laughs> yeah. right? For me, it's way more uncomfortable to be, leaning back and just observing and, and just, listening yeah it, i just want to be in it um the more i can do the better you know i i feel because that's a coping skill so for me practicing the listening piece and leaning back is really important i also think that it's um an individual thing that we forget that everyone handles that differently and um and i think that's been been a little bit difficult for some people to navigate and also just to know that there's no I mean you might misstep but it's okay it's the inquiring and saying how can I support you there might be questions that you can ask because some people in grief want to just be left alone some people want to talk some people need consoling so it's it's as individual as we are and that's something to consider is how we are um, approaching the other person is to give them room and space and the listening piece whether it's listening to their you can see a lot in their body language that looks inviting to talk or might be closed off you can just really be observant of the nonverbal behavior before you do approach i think that's a piece of advice that i would give mm-hmm. um just in how to approach that. Mm-hmm. And I think acknowledging too, um, you know, how, how can I support you? And just asking that question, how can I support you instead of um, assuming mm-hmm. that everybody's going to be the same way? I know for me, experiencing a different type of grief when I, uh, when I divorced, that was a whole different, you know, life transition. And that was... Um, like what we've talked about before, grieving the living. The person was still alive, but you're still grieving the relationship. And um, for me, I felt really overwhelmed. Like a lot of people did want to help, and I, I did need some help. And then there were times I wanted to just say, you know, I just need to be alone for a while. Like I just need to feel this, and I just need to process so even in the individual, like it goes in waves. Sometimes you need people and sometimes you're like, yeah, I need to step back. And it was hard sometimes feeling that people were offended when yeah. I would say I really just need some space. So again, it's that catering to their emotions because they're un- uncomfortable. Um, so I think just being able to check yourself when you're trying to support someone Um it's about them and their needs, whether that's being left alone, whether that's just an acknowledgement, hey, I'm here. If you need anything, if you need a meal, you need an ear, you need anything, <laughs> like just let me know. Um, I think reassuring them that they have the steering wheel is really mm. important. Um, 
And then, you know, checking in with them occasionally. I'll follow your lead. Mm -hmm. You lead, I'll follow. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's really important. I want to touch a little bit, too, on grieving the living, because that was a kind of a different um, experience for me. Um, they're, they're both uncomfortable, like for other people, um, they're uncomfortable. People didn't really want to talk about, um, like they could maybe talk about the divorce and loss of the relationship, but when you start talking about abusiveness or you start talking about um, some of the experiences, the traumatic experiences, People tend to not want to get into that territory, right. and that can be really isolating. Um, and I've seen that happen for women a lot, where um, they they don't want to take sides, they don't want to, um, they don't really want to go there, and that can really contribute to women staying quiet. Um, so whatever. Whatever the specific type of grief is, again, it is so much about holding space and validating and acknowledging what they're going through. Mm -hmm. um, you may not have experienced whatever it is that they experienced. You may not have experienced trauma in a relationship. You may not have experienced the sudden loss of a partner or a, um, a loved one, but like just attempting to step into their shoes and validating whatever they're feeling is right and okay. Well, chances are we don't. None of us experience it the same way as the other person has. Anyway, we have to acknowledge that. I mean, that's not a newsflash that we each handle our grief in a different way. Um, going back to the widow person is is acknowledging the love that they had and and embracing that. And if they're open and in a space of wanting to celebrate that relationship sometimes that's a good way to honor so that they can cherish the memories and they can cherish what they did really love about the relationship and hold on to that um i think i think i'm one of the things we because we talk about love a lot is actually having that person that you've loved so much and loved so deeply and been so connected there's still other ways to connect and um, just again back to listening and holding space how can can I honor you in this situation is is they want to be included they want to not be pushed off to the sides because they still have this great love mm -hmm. it didn't go away and so that's it's a loss of a relationship, but not a loss of love. And so I just wanted to address that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, That's great. Um, I think what's coming up for me too is also addressing the person who is grieving instead of like right now we've been addressing how to support someone who's grieving. But if you are the person yeah, grieving. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, yes, it feels good to be supported by people around you and... And we're also responsible for our own healing and our own um, receiving of love. So, like and for coping. me, yeah. what was very true was often grieving comes not just in one person, but like a like a whole piece of my life died. Um, that oh, relationship yeah. died, but that like had a Your huge friends. ripple effect. Yeah. All my friends were different. Um, 
the home I was living in was different. Like the way you experience life is different. Everything changed for me. So it wasn't just one piece of grief. It was a lot of grief. And what I got to acknowledge too was some of those pieces, it was an intentional letting go. Mm -hmm. So some of the old friends who were, you know, perhaps really supportive to me in, in the past were not really great fits for me moving forward. And so just like acknowledging that it, they're not bad people. It just, it wasn't a fitting relationship anymore and, and releasing that without judgment. Cause maybe they couldn't hold space for me yeah. grieving. Um, but then inviting in intentionally new people who were capable mm-hmm. of um, holding space for my grief or even like, you know, addressing that widow, like finding a widow's group or for me, like I was really involved with other people who had left um, abusive relationships, who had left marriages, like um, those were important to me. Uh, knowing that somebody else had walked that path already and that they had... And probably had some tools that would help you Yeah, through. some wisdom that I needed. So um, adapting my whole situation and my whole life to best support me. Like I'm still responsible mm-hmm. for walking myself to the bread store. Right. right? Exactly. Um, and there's, um, there's an example that I've liked for a long time, which is, um, I used to go to a lot of, a lot of auto shops expecting a loaf of bread. So I'd go in and I got my $5, give me a loaf of bread. And it doesn't work that way, right? They're going to look at you and say, well, that's not what we do here, <laughs> right? And I can either throw a tantrum and say, I have my $5. Like, this is enough to buy a loaf of bread. I know you can do it, you know. And I, I did that for years. Um, instead of acknowledging that there's plenty of bread stores that I can walk mm-hmm. myself to. And, and that's a much easier way to get my needs met. So the way for me that that translates is... I can find people who I'm trying to force them to be Mm -hmm. able to meet my needs. And the reality is there's a lot of people who just aren't going to get your grief and they're not going to understand how to support you and they're not going to give you what you need. And you can try to force them to be that bread store and that person, or you can acknowledge there are a lot of people who do get you, who do understand grief and you can go towards those resources And that was hard for me because I really wanted certain people to be able to play those roles. But I wasn't getting myself anywhere and I certainly wasn't happy trying to force those people to play those roles. So part of grief to me is acknowledging reality Mm -hmm. and accepting where people are at. And it's not that they were trying to be unsupportive. They just didn't have the tools. They're an auto shop. They do something different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So taking the responsibility to get myself to the resources that are really going to support me was really vital. I'm not at the mercy of anybody else. No, which is an important topic. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, With COVID, so many things changed. Mm -hmm. And in and going back to when you were um, talking about your relationship and how much your whole life had changed. And every one of us has been impacted for the rest of our lives. Our whole lives have changed. And so learning to deal with that in a, in a big way 
um, being able to get the support that we need in whatever area of our life that has changed is super important. So I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, with school closures, with loss of jobs, with um, just how we live our normal everyday life, it's learning to monitor and adjust and go get the resources that we do. So exactly, mm -hmm. we are responsible for our own, mm -hmm. you know, healing and our own happiness. And so, yeah, that's a very important point to make. And safety too. And safety, You know, yeah. learning, I learned where my safe relationships were. And even like <laughs> COVID and, and uh, all of the unrest that's happened has also given me clarity where there's safety and non-judgment mm -hmm. where i can go to have um safe and open-hearted conversations even if they don't understand what's going on with you they are a safe place or even if they don't listen, agree with me. right or they don't agree <laughs> but we can still they're still a safe container mm -hmm. that we can respect each other um and then acknowledging where maybe that's not the case you know mm -hmm. oh, that person is not a safe container to have these conversations um, and, and at the end of the day, I'm the one that's responsible to decide where I'm going to go, mm -hmm. right? Where I'm going to pursue relationships that are going to be most supportive and, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like productive, I guess. Mm. Um, because I want to grow, right? That's and my, you want to move forward. Yeah, that's my goal. So I don't want to be in stagnant relationships. I don't want to be in relationships where there's a bunch of fighting that isn't productive. It's unconstructive conversations. I want to be choosing relationships that are getting me to my highest potential and growth. And so um, our situations change constantly. Um, our relationships change, our grief and loss changes, everything is changing and in flux. And so some relationships that may at one point have supported you very well at another point are maybe not the best fits. So learning to just adapt and change and flow with your relationships and circumstances is really, it's, it's a responsibility and, and it's a gift when we can do that. The more resistance that we're putting into those changes, <laughs> the harder it is to make it through. And grief, your grief is going to be compounded if you're fighting the process and fighting, mm -hmm. you know, who's there for you and who isn't. Fighting to be that butterfly. Um, and like we all, we talk about, as we talk about the winter seasons, there's also that the, the spring is coming and to have something in place to look forward to so that we know um, that while this grief is happening and while we're healing there's still this new thing and and the possibilities and the plethora of possibilities that can happen from that which goes back to the beginning when we said sometimes there are some positive things that happen maybe you create new relationships that mm -hmm. fulfill you in a different way or allow you to see a different aspect of yourself mm -hmm. or so there's there is some possibilities did we have questions um for some reason it didn't pop up here okay but, um i think i have only seen people yep yeah, we just have to see people join in. um yeah so i think there was another piece that was um i lost that thought winter season um yeah i think spring is really important um 
as you go through winter, there are things happening, right, that you don't even really perceive. It can seem like it's just bleak. It's cold, everything's dead and gray and gloomy, um, but the things that you're not seeing um, is that that winter season is so important and absolutely uh, necessary for the spring to come, right? Those plants are benefiting from they the spring. They need the nutrients and the rest. Mm -hmm. and yeah, they're getting that rejuvenating period. They are um, in so many ways preparing for that springtime. And so um, there's a trust that gets to happen as we're walking through those grieving times that there is a spring coming and we don't see all of the benefits happening as we are sitting in this just mm -hmm. mucky, icky, bleak place. Um, springtime is, it's coming and it's that blank canvas, right? All of these things are happening that you get to create intentionally. So if you lost a relationship, yeah, that sucks. It's really difficult to step through that and you have now the potential, you have all this space for a new relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, whether that comes through loss of life, like being widowed, um, like you now have this, you've created this space or the universe has created this space for you, or you lose a relationship because you let them go, like a divorce, um, you're still, you're creating such a space of growth where you can have this springtime. And, and I leaned into that a lot when I went into, um, when I went into that divorce period, I just kept thinking like, I have a blank canvas. What am I going to create with this blank canvas? I wonder what's next. Yeah. Being curious. Um, so there's, there's a whole creative energy that comes from winter that you just, you didn't have access to before because your life was full you weren't really able to accept anything new. So in the process of death, you have this whole great space for newness. Um, so I think that there was another aspect of what you shared with that widow who was saying, you know, maybe also acknowledging how we can add in other relationships and have a, a big foundation. Um, while we're in relationship. And I just want to briefly touch on that. I know that that's not the whole topic today, but um, it is so important to have a foundation. It doesn't take away from your love. So if you have a deep, healthy, uh, romantic relationship, you can still have a whole other wing of your life, you know, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's professionally or, you know, your girlfriends or your, you know, whatever your other thing It doesn't is. dishonor. It only adds. It yeah. only adds. So I know that was another uh, piece that was important to her mm -hmm. that we address, um, was that we have we relationships are, outside of our romantic partner. Yeah. Yeah. Because that loss can feel so much harder if we've never built anything around, I know like for Joe and I, we make sure we have girl time and boy time. You know, I have friends that are outside of our relationship and then you're not depending on one person to take care of all your needs because there is not a one-stop shop because while there is a bread store, there's also an auto store and, and a few other places that you get to go visit. And so that only enriches your relationship and it, it does take away that codependent 
peace that we sometimes have if we're with a partner that we really adore, not that we don't really adore them, but having those other relationships and getting our needs met from those other relationships can only enhance that partnership. Absolutely. I, I think that that was a huge piece when I did make that step to divorce. I had been in recovery in Al-Anon for several years and they had really, um, they had really encouraged me to build other aspects of my life. And I'm so grateful that that was the case because I didn't have as big of a loss. It was still like, yeah, you, it was life changing. can't escape that. It was heartbreaking. It was hard. But I also had developed my own interests. I had developed my own career. I had um, friendships that were independent of my marriage. And that was incredibly important and rebuilding. So and more fulfilling. You feel more full. Absolutely. Yep. It helps if you are going to experience grief and even if you don't, um, you're still adding to yourself and your relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't think I've seen any questions, no. so we'll go ahead and wrap that up. Um, thanks for showing up you guys. Yeah. Thanks for being here to talk about grief and loss. It's never a super easy topic, but it is absolutely just part of life. Like if you're living and breathing and have a pulse, then you're going to experience loss at some point. So don't shut it off. <laughs> no, go into it, go through it. Uh, there is a light on the other side of the tunnel. Um, if you have any questions for us, follow-up questions, or you have a topic that you'd like us to address, then please reach out. We love, uh, we love topic requests. You can reach out to me personally at defytheaverage at gmail.com, or you can reach out to Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. Or of course, like we've said before, you're welcome to reach out through our Facebook group. You can join discussions there or just um, send us a message facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations. Again, you can find all of our previous episodes at iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. All, all the things. things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with that, I hope that you have a phenomenal week, and we will see you again next Thursday morning. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.